keeping pace with the latest Trots news. Welcome to Gatespeed. Yes, time for Gatespeed on this Monday afternoon as we look back on a big weekend in the Trots and it only gets bigger as we look ahead to two huge nights on Friday and Saturday in the Voice of Harness Racing in Victoria as Dan Malek and he joins us. Hello, Dan. Good afternoon, Matt. Matt. It's like an echo, isn't it? Yes, it is. And if you want to, if you want to join in the conversation, yes, of course. If you want to join in the conversation, thirteen hundred six five two nine two seven. That number again, thirteen hundred six five two nine two seven. If you've ever wanted to ask Dan Malecki a question about anything, this is your opportunity on Gatespeed this afternoon, and you get that opportunity each and every Monday, Dan, because that's when we talk to you about the weekend's mm-hmm. action, and it was a a big weekend, and it's sort of starting to take shape for the Hunter Cup as well now. Yeah, my word it was. Look, it was a good night the other night. There's a couple of areas I think need improving. For a carnival night, I personally think you need a Group 1. I think the Dullard Cup's that race that should be a Group 1. Uh, they work on prize money nowadays, and I think it needs a prize money increase because it had the star trotters. But the racing was terrific. There was a bit of drama through the course of the night. There was a protest within the Dullard Cup, fourth against third, that ended up being uh, upheld. And um, I, I'd say one of the highlights of the night, I, I think is the fact we had perhaps one of the youngest drivers going around win a race and one of the uh, elder statesmen win a race as well. And it sort of highlights opportunities within harness racing and for what period of time and what stage of your life. Um, We had a 17-year-old young lady by the name of Abby Sanderson drive a Group 2 winner in the Caduceus 3-year-old classic in Catalpa Rescue. Um, And in the last race of the night, 82-year-old trainer driver Bob Guchenmeister uh, drove Leanne Leanne to victory. And um, uh, Maddie Stewart, you'll remember Bob. We we had a good chat with him on Cracking the Codes a little while back. Um, He used to be a taxi driver and a limo driver and He's a fascinating man, and he's won races at the showgrounds, uh, also at Mooney Valley, and this didn't qualify as a metro race, which is another thing I can't work out for a carnival meeting, that the whole program isn't metropolitan class races. Yeah, they're they're there in the eyes of everyone you'd think it would be, but by prize money... um, uh, it, it comes in as a country front race as opposed to a metropolitan race. So Bob is pretty picky and he, he'll pull that up. But he's on a quest to win metro races at all three tracks. But he has driven winners at all three tracks, which is quite amazing. He's 82. I don't think he really wants us to emphasise that fact because um, he's still getting winners uh, and doing a remarkable job. But I think it's a wonderful story as well. Absolutely. Uh, tell us about the other end of the spectrum because we've had a really good chat to, to Bob and... Tell us about Abby. Like, she's 17 and Bob's 82. What, tell us a bit about, mm. and we've spoken to Bob about what it was like at the showgrounds and so on. All of this happened um, when Abby wasn't even thought of. Uh, no. What's, what's Abby's story? Well, well, Abby's uh, dad is trainer Shane Sanderson, who prepared Catalpa Rescue. Uh, and I might just add as well that Shane also trained the favourite, Dangerous, who got into a $1.15. Yep, that's right, a $1.15 favourite, driven by Ryan Sanderson, who's Abby's uh, slightly older brother. Um, both of them have got huge futures, by the way. But the favourite met with some bother coming down the straight with a lap to go, which put it out of the race, but also opened it up for something else. And here comes uh, Abby uh, as a young lady. She's only been driving for the last uh, 12 months or so uh, with limited winners, but she's al- already showing her talent. It's a, it's a family that relocated um, from Queensland 
and they've probably been down here based at Charlton for the last, oh, I'd say, three three years, four years now, around that time. Might have been just before that COVID period hit, but they're building up their stable and success, as is Abish, getting opportunities with uh, the Julie Douglas stable as well, uh, getting experience, uh, which is coming quickly because she drove a Group 2 winner on Saturday night, and she's got a massive future ahead of her, and she got a beautiful smile, um, and it's Sean. And I think anybody that was there that didn't have their pocket burnt by the dollar fifteen uh, stablemate in the same race would just uh, share the the beautiful moment. Uh, and major milestone for Abby Sanderson at seventeen years of age, who has a, a magnificent career ahead of her. We might even try and have a chat to her tomorrow on Big V Racing. I reckon if we can get a hold of her, she's seventeen, so she might be at school. Hopefully, we can pull her out at recess or something like that. Emilecki's with us for Gate Speed. Uh, Dan, what did you make of Hurricane Harley's? Win on Saturday night. I, I must admit, I I had a small wager because there was a former RSN identity that was basically declaring this horse on Saturday night, and the money came late. Yeah, I think I know who that person <laughs> is. He might have some connections with WA, which is where Hurricane Harley returned from, but not so successfully uh, over there. Did have some problems to deal with, but that was uh, his second start back with with Emma Stewart. And we did have a chat with uh, Ann Anderson, who bred and owns uh, the horse on Cracking the Codes on Saturday morning. And yeah, he was terrific, fast horse. He actually had the track record or shared the track record with Lochinvar Art before Captain Ravishing broke it in the Breeders' Crown three-year-old final in November. So um, he's found his mojo, which is good to see. I think the plan for him was to go towards the Miracle Mile because he's a fast horse. Uh, but they did put a nomination in for him when nominations for the Hunter Cup closed on Friday in case he came out and won impressively and they had that option to go to. So um, I'm not sure if they'd take it. I think they have to have a discussion because if he drew well, it'd be a chance. If he drew poorly, I'm not so sure, um, particularly over the longer trip. Uh, but still, he's put his hand up. And one thing you want in a race like the Hunter Cup is last start winners. And I I don't think there's going to be too many in that race. I think the field will be picked at some stage through this afternoon. Mm. Uh, difficult job for everyone involved, but uh, still an exciting job. And the barrier draw for it is uh, tomorrow morning for the Hunter Cup. It's 9.30 on Sky. It's live tomorrow with Ryan Phelan, Brittany Graham and Stephen Bell from HRV. But um, I, I think the horse has got the quality to be there. I'm just not sure the prep's right for it to be there. But anyway, they might look at the depth of the field and think, you know, it might be a race we can get away with, um, with uh, with Hurricane Harley. So, as I said, he's a last start winner and an impressive one at that. He's a seventeen dollar chance for the Hunter Cup. So, as you say, the final field this afternoon, Barry draw at nine thirty tomorrow morning, which will take on RSN as well throughout Racing Pulse. Uh, just having a look at that market before the final field and the barrier draw, Dan, and obviously it's an all important barrier draw, but. Copy that. He, he's the overwhelming favourite now after what he's been able to do in the last couple of months. $3.30. Is that a good price? Yeah, I think so. Mm. Um, I think he's one of two horses that could win this race from any draw. Uh, and uh, the other would be Honolulu Bay. Uh, so I think the odds that you're getting for either of them uh, are, are good. They're generous enough uh, because if they draw well, they'll firm up. If Copy that drew three or four, uh, there's the potential he'll start $2 something but I said that Ballarat Cup night, and he still paid $4.80. But he is the right copy that. Expensive Ego looks like he'll run now because initially Luke McCarthy was only going to send down Spirit of St. Louis, who was very impressive. He looks like 
it's close enough to the old spirit of St Louis here, who was runner-up in this race last year. So expensive ego will come down. We probably haven't seen him at his best, uh, but he is a top liner. Uh, I think he went around favourite in last year's uh, Hunter Cup. He certainly was one of the main chances and will be again. So McCarthy's will have a strong hand. Uh, an expensive ego, look, he, he lacks that gate speed. He always had, has to do it tough and therefore leaves himself vulnerable. But spirit of St Louis comes off pace really well. And I think he emerges again. Um, he's reinforced his equality horse, and I, I think in the form that he brings to this race, he'll be a, a one of the key chances. But I think Copy That could win from any barrier draw. And obviously the, the, the program goes across two nights, the Summer of Glory. Uh, we've got the, the Great Southern Star on Friday night as well, Dan. Um, it's a little bit more open. Just Believes at $4. Elderberry and Zeus at five fifty. Majestic Man also at five fifty. In fact, Majestuoso and also Queen Elida are all tied at $5.50, so the market suggests it's a wide-open Great Southern Star. Uh, look, it is, and that's what you want. There's a bit of depth there in the, in the trotting ranks. Um, a majestic man, the Kiwi, came out and just reminded us how good the Kiwis have been over many years. He won the, the Dullard Cup on Saturday night just past. Keep in mind the Great Southern starts a magnificent race with a huge purse over the shorter trip, the 1700, but they race twice, twice on the one night. So bear that in mind. There are two heats during the course of the night, which then make up the final based on the winner and then the fastest times. So those horses will race twice on the one night. So don't just uh, think that it's a one-off race. They've got to qualify uh, like the Elite Lop, where they race tw twice on the one day. It's a similar setup to that. So bear it in mind. There's more to take into account than just uh, the quality of an individual. Uh, their ability to be able to back up, handle the short trip, uh, and 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 the, get the right barrier draw, which the barrier draw takes place after the two heats and the qualifier. So it makes it interesting. It's a it's mm. point of difference. It's a change up. But when you're going into an all in market, it's something to be wary of. And those nominations have just closed at twelve o'clock today. So fields for all of those big races will be out tomorrow. Hey Dan, um, Captain Ravishing, of course. I think he's due to run Saturday night. Yeah, um, I don't is. think of... Uh, in modern times, I know the ride high Lock and Varart uh, match race that didn't eventuate gather a lot of discussion and so on, but it seems like there's a lot of energy in the in the promotion of Captain Ravishing at the moment for good reason because of his absolute speed, but his career's still basically ahead of him. Uh, how big can the momentum go off the back of the Interdome and a, a lot of focus and free-to-air um, with a few meetings coming up? How how how? Much can Harness Racing capitalise on Captain Ravishing in the next few weeks leading into the Miracle Mile? Well, they can capitalise as much as the desire is from within Harness Racing Victoria to do it because they've got the right horse to promote. Um, he's still earlier on in his career. And as we saw with Ride High and to a lesser degree Lock and Varart, they're not around forever. And But particularly when they're stallions, they're only one little injury away from career over. Um, he's only won the one Group 1 race. So uh, he's got a long way to go to be talked about uh, in, the, in the light of some of our other champions. It's funny, what some, he offers. Of, some of the marketing discussion. Uh, there's a, a Twitter feed I was following recently with a couple of journos. I 
think the cart's gone before the horse a little bit with Captain Ravishing in the desperation to elevate a horse, but the ingredients are certainly there, aren't they? And that's yeah. just smashing oh, the cart. That's quiet. right. Yeah. That, that is exactly right. The way he does it, it it's it, it, people sometimes, John McEnroe, they'd like to see him play tennis because he would entertain, and, and to a lesser degree, Kyrgios might do that. Uh, but Captain Ravishing does it in a way that just is breathtaking. If you use that analogy of the tennis players as seeded runners, uh, I'm not sure Captain Ravishing, and I think I've made this mention before, he wouldn't be in the top three seeds for the three-year-olds based on Group 1 performances, having had catch a wave there and, and leap to fame, even a Cuda from uh, New Zealand. They're now four-year-olds, but he can quickly add to that. The four-year-old Bonanza is a, a Group 2. It, it shouldn't be. Here's another race that needs mm. to be a Group 1. Um, and again, I, I reckon that can change for next year. Um, it might have just slipped by uh, this year, but it should be a Group 1. Again, that's based on prize money. It needs to be elevated to 150000 The winner of the race automatically qualifies for the quarter-of-a-million-dollar Chariots of Fire on the 18th of February in Sydney. He's the favourite for that right now, the Chariots of Fire. He's also favourite for the Miracle Mile, and he's favourite for the Eureka later on in the year. So, uh, Actually, I'm surprised Tab haven't put up a bet yet. This might be an idea, a mm. price for him to win all three. And I reckon that would be a long-range bet a lot of people would entertain. And he is the highlight, regardless of the Hunter Cup. I mean, the Hunter Cup's the best race, okay, of the year. That's the way it's been promoted. Uh, but I assure you that the biggest attraction that goes around at Melton uh, is Captain Ravishing on Saturday night in a Group 2. Well, Dan, it's funny you say that, because if you can put them all into a multi, which... You should be able to do. So he's $3 in the Miracle Mile and also the Eureka, and he's $1.85 in the Chariots of Fire. So if you put that into a multi, you can get a price of... Uh, I've just got to scroll down here. System multis. Uh, no, it's not going to let me work, I think, because they're related. Mm. But Oh, no, here you go. You can. sixteen sixty-five. There you go, for, for oh. him to win all three. Might be worth a little, well, chips in, a little play. Chips in here, surely, guys. We can uh, put something in between us and, and get it going. I just think oh, it'll well. be a, a great bet to have because if he wins the Chariots of Fire, he could be a dollar thirty for the Miracle Mile. If he comes in as a Miracle Mile winner for the Eureka, again, he could be a dollar twenty. So um, I, I know the cart's slightly ahead of the horse here, but we've got an idea of what he can do. And if he does what he's been doing, he'll win all those three races. It, what's, who's the next best at the moment? Like if, if the connections of Captain Ravishing going, righto, when we look ahead to the Miracle Mile, is there any horse, is there anything out there to get in the way of Captain Ravishing? Oh, of course there is. Look, Leap to Fame beat him in the derby over the staying trip, so let's not underestimate him. He is a quality horse. There's no doubt about that. And the Kiwi Akuta from the Mark Purden stable is a top-line, now four-year-old, ran a super race against the older horses in the New Zealand Cup. Catch a Wave has won 14 out of 18, including three Group 1s. So they're your top four. But there's a few others snapping at their heels as well. There's great depth in the ranks for the four-year-old, uh, but I think it's Captain Ravishing that sets tongues wagging because we expect that he'll get better. The others that I've mentioned as well, there's no reason why they won't continue to get better. Um, but they've got to stay sound as well. How many champion horses, even in the thoroughbreds, Matt and Matt, uh, that we've seen that have the potential to be some of the greatest we've ever seen, but their careers are curtailed, A, by injury, or B, they don't necessarily live up to the hype, hype for one reason or another. But it's exciting, the talk and the prelude about what they could offer. I think part of that chat is what makes it so uh, so interesting uh, and so provocative in a way, uh, and it's something that we look forward to seeing. In fact, 
when you overestimate a horse, it's actually a major letdown, isn't it? Well, I think the issue, and we were talking to um, old Bob before and others and Chris Elford, uh, and Dan, we do this a lot on Cracking the Codes as well, the, 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 they're getting faster but not stronger. And I think the, the heroes of yesteryear that accumulated 20 Group 1 wins and you know 37 wins and things like that, that's when they developed that uh, cult following. But I, I just don't know if they're, they're, they're built that way anymore, whether the Lock and Var Arts sort of come and go and the ride highs and the maybe the captain ravishing you, you've got to get on early because there's 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 absolutely zero guarantee that captain ravishing is going to be racing in two years time with 20 25 wins under his belt so you got to strike, the bars strike early yep so you know the bar's lifted you see a top tennis player top sportsman and if you want to compete with them at that level you got to work harder you got to try harder and that's what's going to happen uh, and, we, and there's enough horses there that we can't forget that they're capable of stepping up they need to but they're capable of doing that we can't under, underestimate that and what makes a champion is the quality of opposition that is snapping at their heels. And we've got a really good bunch of four-year-olds now. Uh, so if Captain Ravishing is going to dominate uh, that age group, it'll be highlighted because of the quality around him and pushing him to a great level. So that part is important. And hopefully we get to see many more great clashes, particularly in Melbourne through the course of uh, this year. The three races I just mentioned, that Chariots of Fire, beyond Saturday night, of course, for Albert Anza, Chariots of Fire, Miracle Mile and Eureka, they're all in Sydney. Mm. So we need to have that horse here. We need to have Captain Ravishing and all those other big names here um, because... You know, we're Victorians, we're parochial, we're, we're greedy and selfish, and uh, it all makes sense. There's nothing wrong with the aforementioned words either. <laughs> well, if he does dominate those races, as you predict, he will, Dan. Uh, the 1665 looks pretty good, and Matty Stewart told us earlier on the program that he's got $107 left in his betting account, so we're going to have a big $100 multi on that. And we'll split it between the three of us. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it, Matthew? Well, you found oh. the price, but you can't produce any funds. <laughs> well, that's my job. I'll find oh, you the winners. If, if, Shoe on the if other you, foot there. If you it? have an objection to Matt Nevitt, one three hundred six five two ninety seven. You know how you said before you can ask Dan Malecki about anything. Yes, I know about some of Dan's other passions. So okay, you want to ask him about donuts and classical uh, music? Okay. I'm on the, the, These are common themes, Dan, aren't they? Donuts, classical music. So Dan's a wide yeah, range of character. He doesn't just talk about uh, speed maps and uh, Captain Ravishing. So Daniel's donuts, literally. <laughs> Daniel's donuts. Hey, uh, yeah, Danny. No, I'm a pineapple donut fan, to be quite true. You know those pineapple donuts. Pineapple yeah, 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 yeah. I like them. The controversial best. call. Well, that is controversial. <laughs> uh, we're going to go to Ballarat here in a moment, Dan. So we'll let you go. Um, we'll obviously know a lot more over the next 24 hours with the barrier draw for these big races conducted. So on Thursday, we'll have a big green light on to preview the action across Friday and Saturday. Look forward to it. Yeah, same here, guys. Thank you very much, and, and loving the uh, the new big V with the two mats. Good on you, Dan. Dan Malecki joining us as he does each and every Monday for Gate Speed to look back on the weekend's trots action. As